Barnes. Barrett. The stop. Barnes. A dart. We're out 48 games into the season and we're no closer to finding out what this team is. We've made episodes before considering who to trade. We've made episodes before simply titled that this team is confusing as hell. We have much maligned players like Fred Van Vliet coming and putting up, you know, 39-point games back-to-back. We have players who you wouldn't think can produce anything suddenly having wonderful bench games. We have Nick Nurse lineups, which look like they compete, and then the other lineups look like they deserve to tank for Wemby. I just don't know what to do with this team. And... As we look at the stretch, which kind of was nicely sandwiched by two wins against New York, you wonder if those kind of dubs, and you know, you count dubs against New York, Charlotte and Cleveland this year, have made the Raptors actually look a lot better than they are. Better than their 21 and 27 record actually, you know, manifests them to be. Are you any more aware of what this team is after these last five games? There's so many things that confuse me about the last five. Um, I think we'll probably jump into them in each of the individual games, but all I can say is I'm not very surprised about our record. I did say uh, in the last episode, um, talking about like the Charlotte games, saying, okay, we got two back-to-back against Charlotte, but that doesn't mean anything because they're the worst team of the league. This stretch of games against good, tough, competitive teams in the league... We were ourselves competitive. Actually, most of the games, Very we, were actually, we were up at halftime and we ended up like losing those leads. And I think it, it does come back to uh, coach Nick Nurse and his decision to run everyone into the ground, which is leading to all these small-time injury, injuries, which is leading to him being even more reliant on the starters because he's got one or two of his main starters out for a couple of games. It's just like this positive injury feedback loop which it's not going to end until he decides I'm going to stop playing a play-in team I'm going to stop playing my main players 40 plus minutes every single game and it's not just our main like one or two players like there are some games where every single starter is playing 40 minutes in this stretch of games it's just completely illogical I I, I can't explain it Kamel and I think that's why teams are coming back on us in the second half because we just look mm. depleted like and, tired wary and, and you know you know the only team well the team we beat twice during the stretch was of course managed by Phipps who yes, you know, yeah, yeah. The same thing. yes so you know that kind of shows something but you talked about Nick Nurse I want to just start with the one game where he was really really criticised and that was the tight loss against the Boston Celtics. Now, the Raptors mm. actually competed very well, admittedly. No Jason Tatum. Then the fourth quarter came around. You had Peyton Pritchard going crazy. You had Grant Williams looking like prime LeBron out there. <laughs> then, late on, the Raptors down two managed to get a steal, you know, and that kind of swarming defense did work sometimes, uh, especially in the first half, but then sometimes yeah. in the fourth as well. They got a steal, and Nick Nurse with Grant Williams on the floor and the Raptors with a 5v4 called a timeout now some people some conspiracy theorists amongst Toronto fans talk you know he didn't want to get too close to winning 
But, you know, as you say, why is he running his stars into the ground if he doesn't want a winning record? Um, no, no, no. I, I think, I, I think honestly, that was just a mistake. Bonehead, um, bonehead move. Yeah, absolutely. I think it gave the Raptors like four seconds left or something, didn't it? Yeah. On the shot clock. And but, Siakam barely got it past half court before um, Horford stole the ball off him. But I, I would say in that game, that game was really interesting to watch. I think we, a lot of their three-point makes in that game, we we were like, we were where we weren't switching the screen. We were going under the screen. There were so many pick and rolls where we went under the screen and just gave them like half semi-contested three-pointers, but it's not good enough against a team like the Celtics. They just have a bunch of decent three-point shooters, if, even if they're not the best three-point shooting uh, team in the league, especially without Jason Tatum. But that, that was one observation I had too. In the first half, we had actually a bit of off-the-ball off movement people running you know off this off the screens like it wasn't just team isolation uh sorry it wasn't just isolation plays but we reverted just to relying on isolation in the second half and although you know a lot of those isolation plays were siakam who ended up shooting above 50 percent from the field he still did a really good job on them those kind of things just accumulate like you don't get wide open shots everything has to be difficult and i think that lent that's part of the reason as to why siakam ended up you know, uh, Horford had that big play with the jump ball with him um, at the end of the game. Siakam was at a full head of steam. Normally, I think he would have finished it, but because he was just so lethargic at that point, Horford was just uh, able to block him essentially at the rim. Um, and Horford, so... Horford was on a mad one at the end. I mean, yeah, he was, he was, he was like a man possessed. But you're right about Siakam, and I also want to give a shout out to Precious. Back in the starting lineup yeah, for the first time in a while. Big difference. Big double double there, man. 17, um, 17 11, shooting almost 50 from the field. Yeah, I, and, I and he, was, he had to be in the starting lineup in two games because Fred was missing in one and then OG was missing the other one. So he was in the starting lineup for those reasons. But I like him in the starting lineup. And, you know, you mm. trade Van Vliet and you see this Trent, Barnes, OG, Siakam, Precious lineup as maybe the way to go, you know. Um, I, I, know I don't I'm, think it has enough playmaking. As, like, as oh, good well, as it uh, is in some respects. Okay, well, you're talking about playmaking. I want to move on to last night's Knicks game mm-hmm. where, my God, I, Scotty Barnes, the offense is running through him in the fourth quarter. It's a bit of a weird system for the Raptors. The offense doesn't really touch him in the second and third. But for the first and fourth, this man takes over and it was displayed with that wonderful, you know, quarterback-like pass to Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. last night Evan Fournier kind of flailing at it made it even more comedic and it but I mean it's brilliant I mean Scotty I mean I think he's averaging over five assists a game and this is with one of the worst shoot three-point shooting and I guess general shooting teams in the league you imagine you I mean there's been some talk about surround Scotty and Siakam with shooters and then see how you go because you know it's I'm not saying he's like LeBron but that kind of play style where he can you know take it himself or he's a amazing disher of the ball especially at its height yeah that point scotty it was a meme at the start of the season but it's starting to come true and you know of course you need a guard whether it's van vliet or another guard you need it for certain situations but mm. i like the way scotty handles the ball takes it up the court yeah i'd say um really the only thing holding it back from doing that permanently just needing to tighten up that handle a bit more mm. still still yeah. a good handle of course but that's the kind of thing with especially with younger forwards in the league like 
takes them a couple of years to I think get, have the confidence to be like right I'm taking it up the court and even if um, I get real pressure from uh, you know my primary defender like I feel confident enough just to blow past him if he just decides to just um, you know stick his hand in the cookie jar so yeah it, it could definitely be something going forward um, one thing I wanted to well yeah, I think you've already touched on Achua. Um th- that was a play I was going to touch on I find it strange how Kamel talking about running the starters in the ground like we also seem to have gotten like a playoff rotation like it, mm. it, it's like eight slash nine players when typically early in the season we would have you know 10 11 a 10 11 man rotation um even if if some of those players are only getting you know five ten minutes a game um any, any thoughts on that yeah i mean it's odd i mean you even look at last night i mean technically it was a 10 man rotation last but night you're playing was 10 man, yeah. but you are playing two uh two way 10 day contract players I, I will bring up joe weiskamp later by the way mm. that's a man is a sniper but, you know, you don't... I mean, there's conscious decisions not to play Ken Birch, Coloco, or Malachi Flynn. Yes. It is odd. I mean, even for a few minutes, just to give a rest. I mean, you trust them. I know Nick Nurse obviously trusts Hernan Gomez. He's pretty much been, you know, a reasonably... A little-used bench piece, but a very consistently used one because of his plus-minus effect on the floor, even though he doesn't really stuff the box the box score that much. But you're right. I mean, since since the star has been running an eight-man rotation, it has been Boucher, Thad, and Hernan Gomez off the bench. And yeah. just randomly, this guy will not just not play Coloco or Flynn. I mean, Ken Birch has fallen out of favor, and he's primed for a trade. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. it's very very strange. But I mean, obviously last night it didn't have too much of an impact. We saw good performances from Boucher. You know, one of the first, well, one of the only double-digit performances off the bench for the Raptors this year. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Uh, yeah, Thad, of course, was plus seven as well. And, um, you know, the starters kind of kind of just clicked. And, and Fred Fred is on an absolute tear. Ever since I think we made that podcast title, should we <laughs> trade Fred Van Vliet? <laughs> so that says something. Yeah, uh, but no, he, I has mean, been. he has been, yeah. But, I mean, two Knicks, two Knicks wins aside, this team, of course, has frustrated in a great deal. I mean, which which one do you want to touch on first? We can kind of go to the Bucks game. It was Bucks without Giannis, or we can go to the Timberwolves game because they're a very similar sort of team to us at the minute. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I wanted to say about the Celtics game was that we have to bear in mind, not only was Tatum injured, you mentioned that, but they actually lost Smart and um, Robert Williams at the end of the first half. So we were up quite a bit going into the second half. They have three of their better players missing. Really, their main guy was... Jalen Brown at that point and we still end up losing that game it's just something I wanted to comment on but I think uh, forget the Bucks game we kind of know who the Bucks are forget I think the Bucks t- game I think that was quite an impressive performance you're, you're saying drop a 39 point Fred Van Vliet game yeah but they didn't have Yanis so I it's don't true, think it was but, I mean Yanis wouldn't be on Van Vliet but I know I know it's not that simple of course but, yeah but like for example Drew Holiday went off of 37 which I know he had to step up in Yanis's absence, but he typically doesn't drop those kind of numbers. Like he is more so like a steady like fifteen points a game. Yeah, I mean it's it's become a weird, almost uh, embarrassing trait that the Raptors are the team that you sit your best player against. Um, yeah, and I also saw in this game, like just watching the highlights as well. Again, the three, I felt the three pointers we were giving up were too easy. They shot, ended up shooting forty eight percent in this game, but it was just it was more so the eye test. Like it was just a lot of good 
three-point shots very few of them really properly contested um it, it's it's been such a strength for us in seasons past i think yeah i think uh, i've mentioned uh, going under the screens aside from that I, I don't know if there's much more we can look at it because it, we because we're insisting on paying six eight six nine guys and they just simply can't really keep up with like you know those really shifty six six one six two point guards and shooting guards as good as their like versatile defense is the likes of scotty barnes or you know siakam even well og i say is more of an exception but um yeah we, you just can't keep up with the smaller guards around the three-point line if you're insisting on playing that lineup and i think that is showing yeah. in opposing teams three-point shooting no, you're right, because obviously the Raptors' system is rotation as well. So, you know, you're constantly switching. And if you're a 6'8 guy rushing out to the line, I mean, just basic athletic physiology, this, you know, quick yes. guard is going to beat you where you're going the other way. Yeah. Um, but it's different. I mean, uh, we can kind of... I think the Timberwolves game kind of showed that as well. Really, really struggled with D'Angelo Russell in the fourth quarter. Mm. He hit four of his five threes, I think, in a row in that fourth quarter mm-hmm. the Raptors were up by a lot but Minnesota outscored them 27 to 17 to narrowly take the lead and another weird game because there was a lot of positives to take out of it Scotty Barnes again running the offense through him the only uh what one of the only the only plus in the um starting lineup uh he scored 29 points and then eight rebounds and five assists as well and it's interesting I mentioned him and Van Vliet Van Vliet actually got 10 assists in this game mm. because if Scotty's the one bringing it up on the floor and uh, for those of you, you know, maybe who've seen Kuroku's basketball or something, Van Vliet kind of acts as that Kuroku. Uh, <laughs> you know, the little one-touch passes, you know, and you know, Scotty, Barnes, Scotty Barnes gets the hockey assist. Um, oh my God. Oh my again, God. I-, I hope one of you got that. I hope one of you is... is uh... If you haven't got that, you ain't, you're, I don't know why you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Honestly, yeah, that's true. You're wasting your time here. Yeah, but shout out shout out to my guy, Joe Weiskamp, in this game. The guy was signed on a 10-day contract. I think he was a second-round pick for someone a couple of years ago. Didn't work out. But, I mean, he nailed... He went three of three from behind the arc. And his, his jumper looks nice. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, got yeah, a few yeah. minutes yesterday, struggled. But, you know there's no harm I mean we keep ever since Matt Thomas left the Raptors try and replicate that magic it didn't work with Svi maybe it will work with Joe Weiskamp Uh. yeah I completely (laughs) agreed Um, yeah I mean in this game again to note they were without both Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert Um, so again I mean they did have Russell and Edwards but again it does say something Russell is pretty much on the trading block and he has been really struggling this season um and he managed to go off on us as well. So I think that also says something, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you look at the games ahead now and you look at Sacramento. It's a it's a big Western Conference road trip coming up. Seven games. And I think, I know we dramatised that homestand saying, you know, we'll no tank or bust, uh, tank or compete after this homestand. I think after this, it's, it'll be a no doubt. And you look at the teams you play, Sacramento, Golden State, Portland, yes. Phoenix, Utah, Houston, and Memphis. You can't imagine much better than a maybe a two and five record, or if they play their skins out, three or four record against. Yeah, I mean, teams. yeah, we we'd look for wins against probably Portland and Houston, and then after that, it's maybe it's Phoenix be tough. as well. Fe- yeah, very good. Yeah, Phoenix as well, but yeah, let's but, see. I mean, let's see. Yeah, I mean, you might be seeing a lot of the Raptors players. Well, a couple anyway: Gary Trent and Van Vliet, with maybe some farewell games here. I I'm, think at the I'm minute, just fingers crossed, Camille, because obviously you've got. 
back-to-back like packed fixture list and west coast which means you're constantly going to be traveling from place Mm. to place some of these places aren't near each other like it is plane travel so you are relying again on these 40 minute performances for everyone like i'm just fingers crossed like i i know people are gonna get injured it's it's a given but (laughs) i just hope they're not long-term injuries (laughs) that that's it that, no, like, well, he's got a bench. It sounds quite ridiculous it. to be saying this, but I know Nick Nurse is not going to be shortening the, you know, the rotations for the starters. So I'm just thinking. Although yesterday, yesterday Siakam only needed 34 minutes, and there was a lineup of Gary, Scotty, and three bench players, which did work very well in the fourth. Is, so is that a season low for Siakam? That, I think it's probably a season low. It's absurd. <laughs> um, uh, little little trade update. Uh, media reports that. Masai is very keen to keep this core together. Mm. Now, the core is the, the size of the core is debatable, of course, but you're mm. kind of looking at OG, Scotty, Siakam as, as that core and probably throw Van Vliet in there as well. So maybe you're looking Gary Trent to get traded and, uh, you know, who knows? The likes of Ken Birch could be off for a second rounder or something like that. Uh, okay. Bad even. Uh, so, so it's a weird one. Oh, uh, just before we close as well, Serge Ibaka looking for a new team. You take him or not? Sure answer. Is he six nine? I think he is. That's my answer. He's six nine and washed as hell. He's six Perfect. nine. <laughs> He's six <laughs> nine. That's all that matters. Yeah. All right. Um, we're gonna come back to you. Hopefully, when the Raptors are five hundred, uh, we don't make a promise. Obviously, we might not record an episode again if we rely <laughs> on that fact for the next three years. <laughs> even next yeah. year. Even next year. We just know. <laughs> I was looking actually. I was looking back at the fi- the schedule today. Do you know uh, we were eleven at nine, eleven and nine at one point? No, no. I, I, I remember when we had hope. I remember when yeah. we had hope. It wasn't that long ago. No, we started the season all right, and then it just collapsed. There was a there was a six yeah. game losing streak. Oh, and in December, and it just went horribly. And in that losing streak as well, Van Vliet had two thirty nine point games. I don't know what it is with him in that number. But uh, yeah, he just goes go. off whenever we well, lose. On that note, on on that depressing note, but no, no. Um, fingers crossed for the upcoming road trip as well. And probably we'll, we'll speak to you guys next. I'm probably like halfway through that road trip, I imagine. All right. Have a good one. All right. Take care, everyone. Save us, Nick. <laughs>